You guys, I would be a big fat liar if I said I was not a little bit nervous about releasing today's episode. It's not like anything we've done on the Nutrition Awareness Podcast before, but I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to not only educate you, but entertain you as well, because you're going to be sitting in essentially on what an initial consultation looks like with a dietitian. Here's a little bit of backstory if you're new to the podcast or you don't know exactly who we are and what we do. So my name is Kate. I'm a registered dietitian and you've probably heard Megan wear on the podcast as well. She is the registered dietitian I work with and she owns Nutrition Awareness. And she and I coach people on how to achieve whatever health goal they have using nutrition. I would say most commonly, we see people who are looking to change their weight. So whether that's weight loss or weight gain, that's going to be a big bulk of our clientele. But we also have people coming in wanting to improve their athletic performance, their focus, their energy, or a lot of people who have chronic diseases like diabetes or heart conditions that require changes to their diet to be optimally healthy. A lot of people, before they make the consultation, don't know what a a nutrition session would look like, and I don't blame them. That's not very common. It's not something that we see a lot. You know, you you go to a physician and you expect what's going to happen at your physical. They're going to stick a thermometer up your butt, take your temperature, and send you on your way. Okay, no, your physician doesn't do that. Maybe I should uh, look into a new doctor, right? (laughs) Totally kidding, but you get my gist, right? You know what to expect when you go to a physical. Most people don't know what to expect when you go and see a nutritionist. My client today, Candice, you'll meet her soon, she volunteered to let me record the session and repurpose it for the podcast so you could get an idea of what an initial coaching session looks like with one of our registered dietitians at Nutrition Awareness. Every single session we do with people is different. We take an individualized approach, so no two sessions are going to look the same, and nobody gets the same exact recommendations. We go through a series of questions to really help us understand who you are, how you live your life, and where there's room for improvement so you can get from point A to point B using nutrition. So today's episode is a counseling session. It's essentially like you're going to be sitting in on an initial consultation with a first-time client. Me and Candace had never met before. We had only briefly chatted on Instagram about her overall goals. All I knew is that she had worked with a dietitian before, had some short-term success, and wanted to try a new approach for sustainable weight loss. If you're interested in having your own coaching session with us and you want to finally achieve your goals using nutrition and learn where you need to make changes to your diet to start seeing results, simply go to orlandodietitian.com and you can book an appointment with us directly from the website. I'll put the link below. If you have more questions, you can also call us at 407 906-6875 and we're happy to answer any other questions you have. But for now, I'm going to let you sit back and enjoy peeping into a nutrition consultation with me and Candice. You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, 
portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? to Nutrition Awareness. This is the first time we are recording a consultation and putting it on the podcast. How does it feel to be the first person? I'm a little nervous, but excited at the same time. So I'm happy to help anybody, whoever is listening to this. Yeah, I'm a little nervous too, to be honest, but we'll just get right into it and let it flow. So for listeners, this is exactly how I do my normal initial consultations with anybody. Just so happens that Candace and I are on a webinar right now. So we would do the same kind of consultation, whether you came in person or if we were doing it over the phone. This one just happens to be a webinar. So Candace, I want to ask you the same question I always ask people on day one, and that is, what made you want to work with a dietitian? What is bringing you here today? Sure. So um, just kind of a little bit of my background. Um, Right now I work as a registered nurse and I do 12 hour shifts three times a week. So that's kind of, I don't know, I don't know any nurses out there, but it's hard sometimes to just like sit down and kind of grab a bite. And I kind of been struggling with, I'm trying to think how to word it more. just it's not necessarily like the right foods, but just I don't know eating and just kind of more awareness mm. because I um, had previously worked with other people in the past, and I've noticed that I've kind of undereat, and I just I can tell like with my energy level, it's just very sluggish. Like I can't really move. It's almost like I'm hibernating, like I'm just sleeping. So. Um, yeah, I kind of just want, and now I'm including other things and I just kind of really want to get my nutrition and checked. Gotcha. So you've tried things before and you just felt like you were under fueling yourself and you really felt that with your energy levels, especially because you're a nurse and those are long shifts. You're on your feet. If you guys don't know what a nursing shift is like, it is intense. You guys are, you're laboring. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So you need, you need a lot of energy. Good. So I'm glad that you've kind of, I'm not glad that you went through that, right? I'm not glad that you experienced that, but it's good that you've seen the perspective of under eating is not beneficial. It's not going to help us. So you know, if you had a magic wand and you could wave that magic wand and have the ideal end result, what would that look like for you? What do you want to get out of your nutrition? Is it something to do with aesthetics? Is it mostly just energy? What does the total package look like and what does it feel like for you? Sure. So I feel like definitely like the extent, like aesthetics, like just not feeling comfortable in my body. Um, and I'm sure there's other issues that kind of go into that, but I know kind of just growing up, I've always been like on the thinner side, not like malnutrition or anything, but just thinner. And I didn't really have to do much. And I pretty much hit like freshman 15. I don't even know, like three times or something (laughs) and just not, and just not used to having to like actually put the work into something. So I kind of gained a lot of weight. Um, not that, well, I mean, it was overweight, but I wouldn't say like obese, I think. So just kind of as like a reference of my frame, I'm five, three and my heaviest weight was 147. 
And it was during that period of time too, where I could just still feel myself being very sluggish. And I kind of knew, and again, I started a new nursing job and I knew that could not be sustainable. Like I could not just go to work and just be sluggish, like barely making it through the day. Sure. So, um, I guess kind of going back to your original question, just, I don't know, just being comfortable with my body. Like I, I mean, I still think I struggle with trying to just be thin, like kind of going back to what I was almost like 10 years ago or something. And I know we're, you know, getting older, aging, et cetera. But again, just feeling comfortable or if I want, you know, like when summertime comes or especially with like Florida, like being able to go to the beach and wear like a two piece and just like feel comfortable doing that. And not feel like I have to wear like a one piece or whatnot. So, yeah, gotcha. I hear you loud and clear there. So, about 147 was your heaviest. Is that where you are right now? No. So, um, I'm probably like 135 averaging. Um, I lost, so like previously, like working with somebody else, I probably got my weight down to 128. And that was a couple months ago already, um, maybe like three, four months ago, something like that. And then I started working with like a trainer once a week and I still do. And I know, especially with like the scale that um, really kind of messed with me, I guess. Mm. Like, again, just being like a healthcare professional, I know things that kind of affect it, like water. Or, I know for our females, like being on your period or et cetera, or depending on what you eat, but even um, like I'm still human. So kind of like going through that and seeing those numbers kind of like freaked me out. So I try not to really go on it. And I don't know, just kind of having the support too, like for my trainer being like, that's okay. Like, you know, it's just a number. We don't need to like, you know, be obsessed with it. Like, let's just work on like building your strength or something. Gotcha. Yeah. The scale can really warp our perception about our progress if we put too much emphasis on it. So it's good to, yeah. you, you kind of know that already. And you say, okay, so you, you got down to about 128 and that was a few months ago. Now you're around 135 and we're not going to, it doesn't really sound like you want to hone in on the scale so much. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't really sound like you have a real goal target weight. Yeah. I don't think right now, I mean like before I definitely did, but it's kind of, I don't know, a little bit of like a victory, like when I was losing or like when I'm 135, even I think this morning, like 137, whatever, but like nothing has changed like in my pants or in my clothes. Like I'm still fitting like what I was at 128. So I'm like, okay, well clearly I don't know, something's working or I'm maintaining, even though my weight's up, I don't know how much muscle is affecting that, but I mean, sure, maybe I've gained a little bit, some of it back, but but not to the extent of, wow, I need to buy clothes that fit me now versus what it was fitting me at 20, at like 128. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. So tell me a little bit about what you were doing when you had lost that weight. Tell me about what you were eating. What was your experience with nutrition and diet? What did that look like when you dropped all of that weight? And, And what time frame did you go from about 147 to 128? How many months did that take? Sure. So I probably, I would say six to eight months, something like that. Um, So at that time I was really counting calories, like using my fitness pal, which I mean, I do love, I think it's a very useful tool and I was logging everything and just hitting whatever target calorie at that time. 
and then so like trying to incorporate like vegetables which something I like still to this day struggle with like it just I don't know it's not satisfying really to me and it's just just a struggle that um that I have but I was trying to incorporate a little bit and just like really measuring out my food like being really strict um I mean, I would eat like a cookie or whatever. I wouldn't say like, oh, I totally restricted sweets. Like I did enjoy myself when I needed to. And then I incorporated. So I really, until this day, love, love doing Pilates. And then kind of like where it halted was, so I was doing Pilates almost every day. Like I would go to work, then I would go do like an hour, whatever session. And then I would just sleep. I was on night shift at this time. And then, um, I don't know, in my brain, or I was just, like, talking it over, and we were, like, maybe I'm, like, losing weight too fast, and um, maybe I should, like, back off a little bit, and I think I took that perception as, like, I should probably just, like, stop, like, completely back off, and then, like, reintroduce it, so when I stopped, that's kind of, like, where I hit, like, a plateau, I would say. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you were active every single day doing Pilates for an hour on top of work when you were doing night shift. To me, it didn't really sound like you had much free time to do anything else. Yeah, not really. And I mean, overall, like I just, and even kind of what I'm struggling with now is just like the more leisure. And I don't know, like right now where I'm at, it's getting kind of cold or whatever. It's not as easy or I don't know, willing to be like, let's go walk around the block or something. And like <laughs> right now it's winter time. So it's a little bit chilly where I'm at, but um, yeah, just kind of feeling that drive. Of, and I think that's kind of what I lost is the drive and just kind of a new goal. And how can I get there and just kind of like fighting my body right now? Sure. So it sounds like you experienced a little bit of burnout. Yeah. Gotcha. So you said you're working with a trainer right now. What kind of work are you doing now? So it's more strength training. Okay, good. Um, We're adding a little bit of cardio. Not, it's not like solely focused, but we were trying to find ways to like just boost my metabolism. So she would have me like incorporate, like it's hit, but just like incorporate some cardio within like our strengths. Good. Love it. I love that you're doing strength training and that you're doing metabolic training because it sounds like before you were on a pretty low calorie diet from what we were talking about. And when I hear that you dropped weight fairly quickly and were experiencing things like fatigue and low energy and that sluggish feeling, that's a surefire sign that you're under fueling. When we under fuel, our body adapts. It adapts to the lack of calories that we're getting by slowing our metabolism. And the best way to boost our metabolism back up so that we get to eat more while still maintaining a healthy weight or losing weight is to build muscle. And to do that, you do it through strength training and metabolic training. So tell me a little bit now, you know, now that some time has passed, that it's been a few months, what is a day in your life look like? Tell me about the typical types of meals that you're eating, at what time, how many snacks you're eating, any beverages you're having, and where your workouts fit into your daily routine. The more sure be, the better. Okay, so I'll kind of, just to kind of do like a variation or whatever, but like if I'm at work doing a 12-hour shift, and I mean, of course, I'm running around, but I probably, like, I don't really eat before I go to work, so like my first kind of like breakfast meal, if I can get it, is like by 10, 10.30. And this is a day shift now. 
Yeah, I'm day shift now. So I'm seven to seven thirty. That's like my work schedule. And then I probably don't get to eat again until like maybe like around one, one thirty, like for lunch. And, and then I probably huh? I'm sorry, what are you eating at breakfast and lunch typically? So breakfast I try to do like some oatmeal. Okay. Lunch is just kind of like what's available, but let's say if I got something from like the cafeteria or something, it's kind of like a grilled chicken sandwich. Okay. And I don't really do really too much like on the side or anything. Like I don't really get fries or whatnot. I kind of just eat that. And then when I get home, so then that's it. And if I'm lucky, if I try to get like a meal or a snack in, so I kind of do supplements. Um, so I, a really big thing over here with us, it's called first forum. So yeah. I try to, yeah. So I try to do like their level one, which is like a meal replacement just to kind of get it, get something in. And it's easier obviously to drink than like sit down versus like eating a full meal. Do you so mix then, protein with anything or do you just drink it with water? I just usually do it with water. Sometimes with the oatmeal, like I'll mix it in with the oatmeal, but mostly it's just water. And then I'll come home and then eat whatever for dinner. Um, like right now, I kind of made like an orange chicken with some broccoli and rice. So I'll probably whatever a serving of that is. And then pretty much I have to go to bed like an hour later. Okay. So that's kind of a work day. And then when I'm with my trainer, like on Monday, so we try to do it on Mondays, kind of like start the week, whatever, on like a happy note um I'll eat so I've kind of been doing like a kashi waffle thing beforehand and then try to do maybe like a level one with it or I'll do like almond bot butter on like the waffle sometimes I'll eat a banana go do the workout and then just one waffle no I do two okay like whatever a serving is and then um I go do my workout come back and then eat lunch and so something that we are like that I struggle with is cooking like I just I don't know for whatever reason I struggle with it so I'm really dependent on like the meals uh, whether it's prepared or just like so dump proof like prepared so I do like real so I was doing like hello fresh blue apron and right now I'm kind of with home fresh or home chef so I kind of pick like healthy meals from that and then eat like half of that. Okay. And then I get really tired. So I end up probably like taking a nap and then I'll try to eat lunch or dinner. And then that's pretty much my day. So I don't really snack real too much throughout my day. Okay. And then I feel like Tuesday or just like a day where I don't work or I don't have you know, like where I'm working with somebody, like I'm just very drained. So I probably, I eat like a very late breakfast. Like I probably, right now my body is kind of like waking me up around like nine and I probably don't really get anything in until like 11. Okay. And on those days off, is what you're eating pretty similar to the workout days? Are you having the waffle with maybe a protein shake or do you have different meal patterns on your days off? 
Um, no, like I have, like, I'll do like a Kashi cereal or something, but other than that, it's not really anything outside of that. That's pretty standard. Gotcha. So a few things that I'm noticing when you tell me what you're eating is first off, you're not eating very much. I know you're only five, three, but you're on your feet and you're active. You're burning a lot of energy at your job and you work out with a trainer and you're doing strength training. So when I hear, like, for instance, what you're eating at work, you're having some oatmeal, sometimes with a protein shake, just the oatmeal by itself isn't going to be over roughly 200 calories, and it's just oats. Then you don't eat again, and then you're just having a grilled chicken sandwich, maybe a snack, and if you do, it's a protein shake, and then dinner's pretty small, too. So when you're telling me, oh, I feel tired, I feel sluggish, I want to just take naps, I'm not surprised at all. It's really <laughs> that you're, you're under eating. So we're definitely going to have to talk about how we can add the right kind of nutrition to your meals to give you more energy, but still keep you within an appropriate food range. Make sure your portions are still appropriate for you to get you to your goals. That makes sense? Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Because I feel like when I eat something like that's, and I don't want to say like full on like portion distortion, but like. I don't know, like if I go out, I know right now, like if I go out like once a week and I get like Chipotle or something, then I get really nervous thinking, well, that's all what I really need to eat because that might be, I don't know, in my mind, like 1200 calories, like am I done for the day? Like, I think I got so like obsessed with numbers that I'm like, okay, well, if I eat that, then like, well, I'm done for the day. Or even if I go over, I'm like, okay, I had you know, my breakfast and then I'm eating Chipotle, then I can't really have like too much for dinner or whatever. Mm. So I think I'm starting to get like really obsessive and not totally obsessive, but like just portion distortion in that sense. Yeah. Do you feel like you're at a battle with yourself when it comes to food kind of fighting like, oh, I'm hungry, but I already ate too much here or I can't eat anymore. Is it, is it kind of like that? Yeah, because I think I'm afraid of like overeating. Mm -hmm. I think then I'm like, okay, if I'm going to overeat, then I'm going to gain weight. So I think I'm like, in a sense, like restricting. And I'm like, oh, am I like really hungry? No, maybe not. Like, I think it's fine. Like, maybe I should just, you know, not eat or whatever. And I've been um, like, I'm used to like under eating, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I can, I don't want to say survive, obviously, but I'm like, okay, I know what it's like to eat really low calories that I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't need it. And I can usually like fight the urge to not like eat anything extra. So even though you can fight the urge, because you have that mental willpower, do you find yourself thinking about food all day long or feeling hungry all day long? No, like, I don't feel like my stomach you know, it's not like growling or like, oh man, I should eat. I kind of just try to keep busy. And it's just like, it's so back of my mind that it's not like, man, I should really eat this, but no, I'm restricting. It kind of just like falls off the table. Like I, I don't really think about food. Gotcha. Okay. That's a good thing. So you're busy yeah. enough that you're not obsessing over food so much until you have a big meal that makes you feel like, oh, I probably ate too much in one sitting. So when Correct. you, good. Okay. So when you do go out to eat to somewhere like Chipotle, First off, how often is that for you typically per week? Like once a week. Okay, once a week. Okay. Do you feel in those situations that you walk away feeling uncomfortably full because you overate or do you feel pretty comfortable and it's just your mental battle getting the best of you? Yeah, it's more mental. Like this past week when I ate, uh, I mean, usually I can finish the whole thing. 
but the last time I felt like I don't know I don't know if it was like self-awareness or what or just like satisfying full like I had maybe like a fourth left which I saved for like the next day but yeah it's more mental like I'll eat and be like okay well I'm fine like that was cool good good and not like oh man my stomach hurts or I'm super bloated or over like sometimes you know with like um carbs like people feel really tired like it's not any of that it feels like satisfying and just relaxing good okay that's really great that you are able to evaluate your hunger and evaluate your fullness doesn't sound like you're ever eating past the point of fullness even if you're eating low calorie throughout the the week so the biggest red flag that i'm hearing is okay you're not eating very much you're not feeling very very energized you're still able to self-monitor when you're feeling full, but you're not seeing results. You're not losing weight despite eating low calorie. Correct. So that to me is like, okay, we definitely need to gently increase how much you're eating throughout the week and be strategic about it to make sure that you're optimizing your results from your strength training workouts. So it sounds like when you're doing these strength training workouts, they're primarily revolving around muscle building. So we want to make sure we're giving your body enough fuel around those workouts to rebuild. So here's uh -huh. where we're going to start. We're going to start with the days that you work out on Monday. And just to be clear, are you doing Pilates any other day of the week still? Um, no. So right now I just started like... Um like a trial run of like classes. So they have like yoga, they have TRX, they have battle, they have cycling. I mean, so the goal, well, at least with my trainer, she was like, okay, let's try to get you, because consistently, because she would give me like homework to do workouts. So going three times a week, which I was doing. So she was trying, so the goal for her is trying to get me to four days of working out. Okay. Gotcha. And okay, I see. So I'm looking over your diet recall from the days that you're with your trainer and you're actually doing really, really well nutrition wise on those days that you are working out. You are giving yourself a lot of good pre-fuel. So you're having a good balance of carbohydrates with the waffle, sometimes banana, sometimes almond butter, which is a, a decent healthy fat and protein. And then you're getting that protein shake before you go into the workout most of the time it sounds like. Yes. So I try to, cause I know in the past when I've tried to like work out, like I really struggled with like, I don't want to say overeating, but I got really nauseous. Like maybe I'm eating something that's too heavy yeah. before my workouts. Yeah. And you're not alone in that. So when it comes to pre-workout nutrition, the best thing you can consume is going to be a quick digesting carbohydrate. So your waffle or a banana that's a perfect example. And then you want to pair that with a smaller serving of protein to help sustain you through the workout so you're not feeling nauseous, but you also have that energy to stay full while you're working out and you don't think about or obsess about food during the exercise. So I would say continue to have that waffle or banana and then pair it with either a small serving of that almond butter or half a serving of that protein shake. And then what we really want to hone in on is that post-workout. So what time of the day are you usually done with your workout? So I'm probably done the latest by like one. I work with her at, at least an hour. So depending on that, but we usually do like mid or like late mornings. Gotcha. Okay, late mornings. And then you come back and you have your meal delivery kits. That's something you're still doing? Correct. Yeah. What kind of meals do you like to order typically? Um, I try to do like all around. So I think like this week, 
it was like that orange chicken with broccoli and rice. This one is like a chipotle shrimp um, taco, something like that. And then I try to do this one is like a stuffed portobello mushroom with some kind of pasta and zucchini in there. Gotcha. Okay. So what I'm hearing is all great because this is what I like to listen for is a healthy balance of every single macronutrient. So it sounds like you have a pretty good understanding of protein, carbs, and fat, and you kind of understand those whole concepts because you were counting macronutrients before. So it's great mm -hmm. to have a good ratio of those at every single meal. So when you were telling me all the things you were eating, I'm hearing that at dinner, I'm hearing that at your lunches at home, but where I'm not hearing that is when you are at work. So really those days that you're, you're training with your trainer are perfect and we need to start modeling those at work. And I know that you want to improve meal preparation and get better at that. So we can talk about how we can emulate what you're doing at home on those days you're working out and mirror that while you're at work to make sure you're getting enough nutrition that you feel energized, rebuild and recover the muscle the days following your workouts, and also just make it easier for yourself so you don't feel like you have to do the full production just to get enough food. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. So let's look at work here. So you have just the oatmeal. Do you ever cook that oatmeal or add anything into it, like berries, nuts? Um, I was doing like um, like blueberry. I mean, just like currently, I don't have it, but I've done like blueberries and banana. I've done like honey in there, again, with the almond butter. Um, and again, sometimes with the protein. Gotcha. And that's pretty much it. So here's what we want to change to this breakfast to help you have better energy, to feel full, and help you see results. We need to make sure that that first meal that you're eating, whether it's at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. or whenever, has a healthy balance of carbohydrates, protein, and fat. So when we see just a cup of oatmeal, maybe with some blueberries or banana in there, yeah, those are all really healthy carbohydrates. They're full of fiber. They're going to give you good nutrition. We need to start adding something with protein and fat with it to help you stay full and satisfied. I don't want you to worry so much about the calories when it comes to this meal, but more so the composition. So sure. with oatmeal, if you want to have oatmeal, what is something that's either high in protein and fat that you could add to that meal to round it out and give you longer, more sustainable energy throughout the day? Was that a question? Yeah. <laughs> What's something okay. like that has protein and, and fat in it? And I can help you brainstorm ideas if you're at a loss. But I do like for you to come up with things because then I know if you come up with them, they're things you're actually going to like and more likely implement. Sure. Um, let me see. Besides just like being obsessive with like supplement stuff, um, a good protein to add into oatmeal or on the side or with it. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm just because like the first thing comes to mind is like meat. And I know there's obviously other protein than meat, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to, not that I would ever do it. Like, it's not like I can have some kind of meat on the side. I mean, I guess I could, but. But I mean, being realistic, it doesn't sound like you would. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I would rather if I'm going to eat, do it, than just have it all at once and just be done with it. Yeah. Well, let me help you springboard some ideas because it sounds like there's been times where you've naturally made balanced meals it just we need to be more consistent with it so i don't have a problem with you drinking a protein shake with your oatmeal however the thing about that is 
there's not a whole, there's not fat in protein shakes. So we've got oatmeal, which is our fiber, our carbohydrate. We've got the protein shake, which is a good source of protein. But what really helps us stay full, helps us feel satisfied and gives us long sustaining energy is by adding a healthy fat to it. So earlier I said, I heard you say, sometimes you might add a little bit of almond butter to your oatmeal. Yeah. So how, what is your serving size of oatmeal like right now? Um, I mean, I just usually follow whatever the, so is it like one cup or half a cup or something? Yeah, half a cup. Yep. So with your half a cup, how do you feel about adding, you know, a little spoonful of almond butter and having your protein or half a protein shake on the side, whatever you feel like is most comfortable for your level of fullness? Yeah, that works. Easy, right? You, it's something yeah. you've done before. It's something that you could do pretty easily. And so why, again, to reiterate why this is important, and this is something that you're going to want to start to emulate with every single meal, is because you're getting a balance of the nutrients that doesn't make you feel deprived, but gives you long sustaining energy. So you don't feel sluggish and tired throughout the day. When you just give yourself a serving of carbohydrates, even if they're the healthiest carbohydrates, there isn't anything there to help stabilize your blood sugars and therefore stabilize your energy. So if you have a cup of oatmeal and you throw some berries on it, your body gets a quick dose of glucose, a quick dose of energy, and your blood sugar spikes up. Then what comes up eventually comes down. And when it comes down, that's when we feel oh, tired and we drag and we're craving food. So that's when you eat again. And if you eat something that isn't as balanced, then the same cycle seems to continue all day long. And what's really key is that we make sure we stabilize our blood sugar, that we stabilize our energy from the get-go, from the very first meal that we're eating that day, which is why I agree that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, not so much that you eat breakfast right when you wake up, because that's not true, but that first thing that you're ingesting needs to be a healthy balance, and that should always be a priority if you want to improve your energy and just feel leaner and feel more comfortable. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let's talk about lunch. So you have a grilled chicken sandwich. How, tell me more about that grilled chicken sandwich. What would that look like? What do you put on it? Yeah, so they have, I'm sure it's pre-made or whatever, but um, I do it on like wheat bread, um, like a bun. And then I'll put like lettuce or I'll put cheese, I'll put Swiss cheese on it and onion and lettuce. Okay. And you feel pretty satisfied after that meal? Um, not really. So sometimes, and I don't want to be like, I mean, it is a snack or whatever, but not like a full sweet tooth, but man, I just, I do love my chocolate chip cookies. So usually I end up grabbing that and yeah. it's little, but not that I should justify it. It's okay to eat it, but, um, there's like two of them that come in a pack or whatever. So I'll do that. And then usually between those two things, I'm pretty happy. Like, gotcha. Okay. So good to know that. Here's two things. The first thing is when you have a balanced breakfast, when you're eating something that stabilizes your blood sugar all day long, it's going to be a lot easier to say no to things like chocolate chip cookies later in the day. Because if you're craving something sweet after a meal, that's typically a sign that your blood sugars were low and that you need to be eating more earlier. And sometimes, excuse my French, but this can be a mind fuck for people that you need to be eating a little yeah. bit more earlier in the day to ensure that you eat less 
overall from those less optimal choices like cookies because those calories add up they don't really make us feel satiated they can cause more energy spikes and dips they just don't really serve us very well if we're already dealing with low energy sure so by adding more balance to your breakfast it's going to be easier to say no to that and your lunch is really balanced but if you're still feeling like you want to eat something on the side what are some other options in your cafeteria that you could tack on that aren't chocolate chip cookies that would still be satisfactory for you? Yeah, that's hard. I mean, and again, I know what I could be doing. Like, of course, there's like a salad or something, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's satisfying and other times it's not. Um, and obviously there's the fries. I'm trying to think what else. Sometimes I'll have like a yogurt with like some kind of fruit in there. So I'll kind of grab that. What kind of yogurt? It's pre-made. Or I sometimes I do like the brand is called like, it's something with an O. Ecos? Yeah. So I'll try to do that. Yeah, I would say that would be a much better option because it's going to have a little bit of fat in it. And it's going to have some protein in it to continue to balance out the meal. But it also gives you a taste of sweet. What I will say is make sure you're checking the label on that yogurt and seeing if it has a lot of added sugar. The good rule of thumb is to look for a yogurt that has less than 10 grams of sugar because yogurt's always going to have natural sugar added to it. It's just because it's a lactose. But if they put more sugar in it in the form of refined cane sugar or whatever it might be, then it's yeah. like the equivalent of a protein cookie. And it's, it's not the best. What about things like regular fruit or vegetables or anything like that that you like to eat? Veg again, vegetables is just something that I really, really struggle with. Like, I it's think, okay. um, like I'll try, like, obviously these meals have some of it, so I try to, like, incorporate it or whatever. Um, but, again, it's just something, like, I used to do, like, um, like, a mushroom pizza or something, and I mean, that was okay. Like I ate it and it was fine, but I just didn't feel like sick, you know, compared to like, I mean, I guess with anybody, like I love pepperoni pizza, you know, it's like, I'm not as satisfied when I eat like a certain veggie meal versus oh. something that I was like used to. Sure. And I want to already commend you. You put veggies on your sandwich, so I'm not that worried about it. What about fruit? Do you like nuts, fruit? Is there anything like that at the cafeteria that if you're still feeling like you need a little something something to tie up the ends of lunch that you could tack on that's going to be a better choice than cookies? Yeah, I mean there's like apples and bananas and stuff. So, but yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely a fruit person. I can definitely eat some fruit. Yeah. So the good news is and I'm I'm sure you probably know this too because you're a nurse and you have fundamental nutrition understanding, but fiber is something that helps our blood sugars and our energy levels stay steady longer. So, even though people freak out like, "Oh, fruit's got sugar in it." Yeah, it does have sugar in it, but that sugar is totally metabolically different than the sugar and the fat from a cookie. So you're going to end up eating less calories, less energy overall. You still can kind of quench a sweet tooth if you've got it, or if you still feel like munching on something after a sandwich, and it's going to make you feel better because it's not going to make your blood sugar spike back up and down like a cookie or dessert would. Sure. So to recap so far, balancing out breakfast to make it easier not to have a sweet tooth after lunch but if you do you've got those backups of a low sugar yogurt or a piece of fruit just to tie up the ends and make you feel better yeah i know with nursing schedule it can be 
really, really difficult to eat between meals. Like you might not get to always have a snack. I don't have a problem with you having a protein shake as a snack. However, I would recommend if you are able to have a snack, tack something on protein to give you more energy. The thing about protein is, it's a really, really great... Can you hear me okay? Sorry, it's been a little loud. Yeah, it was. It looked like it was cutting out, but it's still going. We're still okay, good. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so the thing about protein is, it's great because it keeps you full longer, but protein shakes are basically pre-digested protein for lack of a better term, meaning it might keep you full for 30 to 60 minutes, and it's a great source of quick satiety. However, it's not something that's really gonna carry you through the day. So if there's anything that you can eat with the protein shake, whether it's a handful of nuts, another piece of fruit, some nut butter, or if you can mix it with uh, more nutritious milk, just to help you feel more satisfied and feel fuller keep your energy levels high. That's not yeah. a good idea. Can you think of anything that could be helpful? Um, I mean, again, if we're still on just like the protein shake it's, itself, then I have like, um, like I'll do like almond milk or something to kind of mix it in there. So almond milk's, it's a better, I mean, it's a good option, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really have any nutrition in it. There's no fat to keep you full. There's no carbohydrates for energy. It's literally just like nut water, unless you're doing in one of the nut milks that are a little bit fuller. Have you ever heard of the nut milk brand called Elmhurst? No. I would challenge you to look up that because half a cup of Elmhurst nut milk, if it's unsweetened, has a little bit of extra fat, has some more calories to help you stay fuller longer. And this uh -huh. will just make you feel more energized. Or if you just want to continue using your regular almond milk or water, on the side, you could just have a handful of nuts or some fiber cereal, some yogurt, anything just small to, to help you tie up the ends if you're able to. Sure. So here's another question. Do you have any cravings in the evening or are you pretty satisfied with dinner? No, I definitely have. I definitely struggle with like craving. So like right now with like the upcoming holidays, like we're just, we're like big eggnog fans. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Some people think it's disgusting. We love it. So <laughs> I try not to like drink the whole chug of it, but I'll do like a cup or two and sometimes chocolate. Um, I don't really have any in the house, but I mean, that's always... And again, it's just more like with the cookie, it's like out of sight, out of mind. So I'm like, if there's any kind of real like dessert, even ice cream or whatever, like if it's there, I'm going to want it. If it's not that like summertime, like, I don't know, summertime, I love like custard ice cream. And I mean, there was, a, there would be a period of time where I was like almost going like every day to get it. Like Ted Drew's by chance. Yeah. So good. So <laughs> good. Um, but yeah, it would just be like, not even like a celebrate, but again, like something. And then once I had it, like I was satisfied. And if I just was, I would just like crave it like all day or I'd be at work and be like, wow, like I can't wait to get out of work because I can go get this. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is your cravings. I, I, first of all, I'm not really surprised you have cravings, especially if you acknowledge that it's something that you struggle with pretty frequently. I commend you on making sure that your environment is set up so you don't see all of the sweets and that it's not as tempting. But like you said, with the holidays, it's harder to not expose yourself to all those goodies. But I'm not surprised you have cravings because you're not eating much. And cravings, if they're not linked to some kind of emotional crutch, 
which for you, I'm not, I'm not getting that vibe. To me, it's you're not eating enough. And so your body is saying, uh, hello, Candace, I need energy. I need quick energy. I need it right now. What's the fastest way to get quick energy? Sugar, refined carbohydrates. I mean, that is absorbed quickly. It's broken down fast. It gives your body that energy it needs to get the blood sugar back up. And then you feel satisfied because you've given your body food. The problem is these foods are very concentrated with calories and sugar, and therefore it can make it very difficult to reach any kind of weight loss goal or to keep your energy sustained because it's causing that spike and drop in blood sugar again. So cravings are usually your body's way of saying, feed me. And the best way, like I said earlier, to get rid of cravings and to make it easier to say no to refined sugar is to front load your calories and eat more during the day. So adding that nutrition to breakfast, adding that nutrition to your lunch, and adding that nutrition to your snack is going to help you say no to all the sugar later in the day, whenever that might be. Sure. So it's kind of, I like to say it like this. I'm like, whatever Candace is eating at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. is going to affect the choices she makes at 8 p.m. or 10 p.m. Uh-huh. So when I say that, does that make sense? Do you feel kind of scared? Does the idea of eating more during the day kind of freak you out? No, it definitely makes sense, I think. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say like freaked out. It's just now like probably just like getting in that habit. Yeah. And that's the second part, right? Once we understand like, oh, okay, I need to eat more. You already know that planning ahead for meals is something that is difficult for you. So let's talk about how we can make it easy for you to add more food. So tell me a little bit about your, you know, I know you go to the cafeteria for lunch and you do your home chef for dinner. What do you do for breakfast? Do you eat that at work or do you bring it from home? Um, no, I eat it. So I bring it from home sometimes, but majority of the time from home and eat it there. Okay, good. So what this would involve is bringing more food with you when you're already bringing your oatmeal. So tell me again what things you can bring to add on with your oatmeal that are going to be easy, portable, but also fulfill that balanced meal protocol, that carb, protein, fat requirement. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of, again, like adding like either that almond milk or protein or some kind of fruit something in there sometimes I'll bring like the like oak or like the whatever that yogurt like and bring it on the side yeah oh that's a great option yeah yeah that's another good option so you could do the oatmeal the yogurt or you could do the oatmeal with the almond butter and protein shake or you could do the protein shake and yogurt you know there's so many different combinations and those are things that you can easily just grab and go do you in the morning or do you pack them ahead the night before in the morning and that's something that I want to get better at because again kind of like with my energy level or whatnot it's very hard for me to just like get up so then when I try to like run around during the day or like right before work it's really hard at least the meals are pretty much done but I still have to like for lunch or dinner like still have to separate them in like a easy container not just like all in one yeah Um, but I know breakfast and again like and I haven't really I used to do it a long time ago but like overnight oats or something like something I can just like grab and go and just like throw it in my lunchbox and call it a day so you've done it before a long time ago yeah when you did it before a long time ago what made you stop was it because it was actually kind of 
a pain in the butt or did you just get lazy? <laughs> um, there was some of that. There was some of like, and again, like I don't live alone, so I live with somebody else. And I think with our, I don't know, needs or whatever, like sometimes I like something and he doesn't. So it's like trying to fulfill both of us instead of, well, I'm going to do this and you do this. Okay. Um, there was some of that and just kind of like, again, let's say if we're sticking with like the overnight oats, like maybe I like this kind, but then it's this kind or like finding like an easy recipe to just like put it all together where we're all satisfied. Okay. So as you had to please the person you were living with, you didn't, you didn't have the luxury of just thinking about yourself. Correct. And then I kind of just like, even like growing up wise, I kind of grew up, I don't want to say like privilege, but in the sense of like my mom used to do just like everything, like she was just like the main person and I would have a different meal each day. So it wasn't like, oh, like leftovers, like that really wasn't a thing, maybe like for one day, but like every, it would almost, and I feel so bad saying this, I was like, she would kill me, but it's almost like, a restaurant like she'd be like what do you want for breakfast and I would just say it and I would get it so it's not like oh I'm eating oatmeal every day like if I want scrambled eggs like she was gonna make it and then the next day I could have whatever so it was always like a different variety each day when I was growing up do you get bored right now um not too bad like the home chef stuff it's working but I think a problem with that too that I'm kind of facing is it's, I think like two servings and obviously I'm doing that with somebody else. So I'm like, okay, well I get half the meal. He gets half the meal. That's pretty much the day. And I only get like three. So kind of like throughout the week or towards the end of the week, we're like in a sense running out of food. Gotcha. When you run out of food, what do you do? Then I go out to eat. Okay. Where do you usually go out to eat? I know you said Chipotle. Um, Chick-fil-A. I'm trying to think what else do we do? I was like, man, it just kind of really depends on the day. Like I know sandwiches, so we have like Jimmy John's and Subway. Um, so, I mean, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, like, if we're really struggling, then we'll do, like, a pizza or something. But that hasn't, that hasn't been in a while. We haven't done that. Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing is, really, you're not going anywhere that's a red flag. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to places that have nutritious options. And what I'll do is email you some of the best nutrition choices for the places that you listed, because they're pretty popular chains, and we've got the best, healthiest options that we can clients that frequent those places but if you're also trying to meal prep more often then this can just be as a backup so let's start small because if I tell you okay now you have to change your entire pattern of living and start meal prepping all of these things on those days that you're not doing home chef it'll be overwhelming especially because the biggest thing for you right now is going to be balancing out those meals that you're eating earlier in the day to prevent cravings later on. But we'll start with some tangible tools to get you started with meal prepping dinners. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause I was gonna say something else that we like struggle with. I feel like, and again, like the prepping is like a little bit new, but I'm like cooking, I'm like cooking every day and I like don't want to. <laughs> oh, so I'm starting to get like really, so I'm getting pretty tired of that. I mean, it's not hard, but it's like, man, here's another day where I have to cook. And that again, it's two, two servings. So it's like, 
holding us for a day. Yeah. So we like, okay, well, I have to cook. Yeah. We want to do easy things that don't make you feel like you have to get all labor intensive in the kitchen, especially on the days that you're working. Because if you're working 12 hour shifts, I can't imagine coming home and like dicing. Kind of <laughs> yeah. So sure. what, are, what are some of your favorite healthy foods? And we can talk about how to prep them and make it easy for you and also meet your, your roommate's needs. Um, I mean, I'm pretty open. The only thing I really, really struggle with is any kind of vegetable. Like I'm really, again, good with fruits. Um, breakfast, like I, and I think here's another, like we're struggling. So I try, so like there's eggs and then there's like egg whites. And I was going, for a while I was doing like egg whites with like spinach or whatever, but I mean, he doesn't eat egg whites and I don't want to eat egg whites all the time. So I feel like it's just like starting to become like a waste of money because we don't do it. Or even like the spinach, it's kind of like in a big um, container. So I'm like, well, unless I'm eating a salad or I try to make like a smoothie or put in my eggs, then I'm not really eating it and then it goes bad so I think we're starting to get that's what was happening before it's like we would buy these well we I mean they are like nutritious or whatever but they would just go bad because either I won't eat them and he won't or we don't have like a recipe or something just to like get it going yeah you need some kind of springboard that tells you okay like here's what you do with the spinach here's how to cook it well, we want to make sure that what we're picking out is stuff that you actually like, and that's not going to be hard for you to. So here's my, my favorite advice to give to people that want to start meal prepping more and stop eating out as much is to start making the things that you would normally order out at home, because it's going to be healthier when you're cooking it from home. You're going to save money. You're going to be able to portion control better. And a lot of times these meals are pretty simple to prep in advance and throw together when you need them. Sure. So my favorite example is like Chipotle. Making burrito bowls or burritos at home is pretty simple and it's easier to portion control. And if you use the right tools, if you use the right cooking materials, they're easy to throw together. You know, you can use a rice cooker and make rice. You can use a crock pot to make shredded chicken or on a skillet, make you know, ground chicken or beef or whatever it might be that you're putting into your bowl and then prepping those ingredients in advance and throwing them together, just heating them up in the microwave when it's time to eat. Sure. So for what, I, what I'm thinking and, and spring back with your thoughts is, let's say it's Thursday, you're out of your home chef meals. Instead of cooking a whole new meal on Thursday, prepping those ingredients and then using those for lunch the next day or for dinner the next day because you're making three four servings worth of rice, chicken, salsa, or whatever it might be at one time that you're throwing it together. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not too bad, and especially, again, if it's today with Thursday. Um, oh, I thought it was, like, frozen. Um, but, yeah, like, again today like today like I definitely have time or I try to like get it all going before again because on my three days I don't work and he's very supportive like he'll cook too but again we don't have if we're out of our home chef meals then we got nothing yeah so what I'll do is I'll also send you some easy recipes but let's brainstorm some right now so tell me about one of your favorite things to eat when you go out um so yeah like we already kind of covered like the burrito bowl because that's like what I get Okay, what would you get in your burrito bowl? So I do, like, I do the steak meat. I love white rice. Um, 
like the salsa, lettuce, the pinto beans. I think that, and I'll put some cheese. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So first off, healthy balance of everything, right? You've got carbs, proteins, and fats from that cheese. So that's awesome. These are things you could easily prep all at once on Thursday. So if you made steak, if you made sure you bought, you know, enough for two to three servings for you and two to three servings for, is it your roommate, your boyfriend? Uh, yeah, my boyfriend. Uh-huh. Your boyfriend. So if you guys had enough prepped in advance, or if you bought, you know, half steak and half chicken and prepped those all at the same time, that way you could make it a little bit different. You could do that with the rice. You could do that with, well, that's really it. The only things that you'd have to cook. And then you could have, you know, pinto beans and bagged lettuce and salsa and cheese just all ready to go to throw on top. That way, you know, you only have to invest one hour of cooking, if even, for several meals the following days. Is sure. that the wave? Yeah. How does that sound? Good. What other kind of recipes do you think you could do similarly, or, you know, in a similar way that you normally would eat out? I'm trying to think, because again, like I try not to eat out. Um, or what are some meals that you really like to eat that we can talk about how to prep them and make it easier for you? So I love seafood. Okay. What kind? Um, like salmon. Okay. Like fish or whatnot. What do you eat that with? Uh, usually with like rice and broccoli. I'll do asparagus sometimes too. Okay. Would it be hard for you to cook those in bulk? Yeah, because I think, I think, uh, I don't know. It's like 50, 50. Like, I don't think doing it will be hard. It's just to make sure that it's going to be eaten, I guess. Like, I think I'm too afraid that it's going to go bad. Like, okay, we eat it for like two days and now we're bored. Cause again, like I'm so used to like that variety that I'm like, okay, well, I just don't want the food to go bad. Gotcha. So it sounds like when you're planning ahead, you're going to have to just plan ahead for two days and cap it at that. Because otherwise, you know you're going to waste it if you're not going to eat it for more than two days, which is just fine because that still decreases the amount of time that you're prepping food by 50%. I mean, if you cook dinner on Thursday, you've got it good to go on Friday. You don't have to cook again. Right. And that's a baby. Or I, have, or I, or I save my home chef meals for later, so long right. as it's cooked or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just thinking of the days that you don't have home chef as a way to start meal prepping. Right. And let's get, let's get really specific here. Thinking about your own eating schedule and how often you're doing Home Chef, what's a reasonable goal for you to start meal prepping dinner? How many days per week would you need or how many meals per week would you need to prep in advance? Including what I have now. So. Um, not, not including the Home Chef because you've already got that. I'm just thinking dinners. Right. So with like again without I guess without but I'm trying to think how many days because I think we're just covered like three days so I need like four days yeah worth three to four days at least so if it's three to four days and you know that you would only eat a meal twice to me it sounds like that's two times per week that you'd have to prep something yeah not too bad right pretty realistic so it'd be 
it might be the what I'm thinking and tell me you know it's this is just a solution that I'm thinking of but it's not going to work for you tell me that two nights per week the nights that you don't have the home chef you cook enough for the next day so you have let's say it's Thursday you cook Thursday and Friday's meals and then yeah. you're not going out on the weekend then on Saturday you cook Saturday and Sunday's meals and then the rest of the week you have the home chef yeah, the only problem is that I work those days, but I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, it was like at least sometimes, right? Whatever day it is that I'm not working to cover that. You got it exactly. Does that seem pretty realistic? Yeah, and I was gonna say, and I have like the stuff like a crock pot. I even have like an Instapot, like stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know how to even really use my Instapot. But I figured it was supposed to be easy. But I think just with all the gadgets, it's a little bit intimidating. Yeah, I get that. You know, I don't even, I don't use the Instapot because I think the Crock-Pot's the best because you can dump food in there and leave. But yeah, like the Chipotle bowls or if you're making rice or something like that, or if you're making some kind of healthy soup or, you know, chili or whatever it is, Crock-Pots are the easiest thing because you can just dump it in there that morning, you know, like before your workout or after your workout, and then you've got dinner ready to go. You didn't even have to do anything. And there's yeah. a lot of different crock pot meals and things you can do that can freeze for up to a couple weeks. That way you have easy frozen meals ready to go. And what I'm going to do is send you a bunch of specific ideas and easy things that you can start to implement. That way, you know, it's just for some more meal prep inspiration. Sure. So here's a, a little bit of a recap as we start to wind up this first session. Yeah. The big thing for you is eating more throughout the day so you don't have cravings at night, or it's just easier to say no to those cravings during the week. So eating more at breakfast, having those balanced meals, and adding something to your snack and lunch that's got fiber, protein, and healthy fat to help keep you full longer and help control portions with sweets. And the second big thing is going to be planning to meal prep once or twice a week to prepare for those three or four days where you don't have any food and getting creative with ways to make it easier for yourself, whether that's using the crock pot or the instant pot, freezing things in advance. And I'm going to send you a bunch of ideas in your follow-up email that you can start to use and implement and see how they go. Yeah. How are you feeling about everything, especially since we don't have specific calories and macros? I know that's something that you used to do, but I don't think that's what you need to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it makes me a little bit, and that's kind of like what the trainer and I talked about. Cause she was like, start at least like logging your, well, I guess for her sake, so she could look at it, but like log your food in a sense, mm -hmm. but not like worry about the number. And I think that's something that I struggle with because I was so like used to the number, like, Oh, so long as I hit this number or, you know, I'm under, even though I'm over, it's okay. Like figure out like throughout the week, how to, I don't know, like average your number. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's a, like, it's a little bit intimidating, but just again, like being in that habit, just cause I was so used to like, again, like counting calories, like counting or like tracking my meal wasn't an issue. I was doing it for so long, but just like attaching it with a number. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're, what you're saying. So I feel like the best course of action for you is to log your food that way we can see what you're eating but also what I want you to do if you're still using my fitness pal make a little note every day in the log where it has personal notes about your energy and your mood and your cravings 
So instead of focusing so much on, okay, what calories am I eating? What macros am I eating? Because I know you were eating extremely, extremely low calories before, and I don't want you to get caught up in eating low calorie, but making a note of, okay, when I added more food to breakfast, I didn't feel the need to eat as much at dinner or after dinner or whatever sure. you're experiencing. I want you to document that and share on your MyFitnessPal. I'll give you in our email the information on how to share your food journal with me so I can look at that until our next follow-up. Okay. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Cool. And that way I can, before our next follow-up, you know, periodically look at it. And if I see like, okay, maybe, you know, you're eating too little or too much, or if you have any questions, we can look at that food journal and identify specific patterns and see where can we tweak and fine tune the things that we went over today to help you really see big results. Sure. Good. So what else? What else is on your mind? What else are you thinking? What other questions can I answer for you before we wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited to see what like recommendations like food wise, because I think, again, kind of like recapping what we talked about, like breakfast being the important. So not just being, I guess, like changing like the variety of that instead of being just like, oh, eat oatmeal every day or have like my waffle or cereal. But just again, like I think, um, and I know I've like done this with like Pinterest or whatever, like maybe just kind of whether it's like meal prepping, but like doing like the overnight oats in a sense that I can just like grab that and go and eat more of a sense of a better or a healthier breakfast, especially for those long days where I'm like, oh man, I don't think I can have lunch until something and not feel like I'm going to crash. Yeah, totally. And you know, if you want to be a superstar and start meal prepping breakfast in the form of overnight oats or cooking things in advance, go for it. I just don't want you to feel overwhelmed out of the gate to start meal prepping breakfast and dinners. The big thing is if you have those things ready to go that you can just grab and throw in your bag and bring to work with your oatmeal like you've already been doing, then that's a great place to start. And the overnight oats just might make that easier for you. And I'll sure. show you some really good overnight oat recipes. For anybody who's listening to this, we have a bunch on our blog that follow the same model of that have protein and they have fat to help keep you full and satisfied if you have a long time between breakfast and lunch. That way when lunch comes, you can approach it with a sensible <laughs> sensible appetite and not feel like you have to grab two cookies on the way out to, to feel satisfied. Sure. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel okay, I'm excited. And again, a little, a little nervous, but just kind of like getting back in that habit. Yeah, it's a good thing. You're going to be nourishing yourself with healthy food, giving yourself enough food to feel energized, feel good, but then you're not going to be under eating because we know a big consequence of under eating is plateauing with your weight and even weight gain because your metabolism slows down. And as soon as you eat a little bit more than usual, you put on weight a lot faster. So we don't want to stall your metabolism. We want to enhance that work you're putting in with your trainer to increase your metabolism, get it back up. That way you can get away with eating more food and still lose weight. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I'm struggling with because again, not trying to be like obsessive over the scale, but just being like, wow, I'm like 135 when I was like 128. And again, I'm like, how much of that is muscle? Is that me gaining? Like, again, a little bit like red flags to me, but then like, again, having those victories of, well, at least I don't have to like size up in my pants or like my shirt doesn't fit. It's like all that is still fitting from the two different weights. So yeah. 
Oh yeah. And it's important to, you know, I, I get it. We look at the scale. It's a quick instant feedback form. It tells us a lot of things at one time, but the horrible thing about it is it's just not a good measurement of overall change. So the fact that you're already paying attention to how your clothes fit, to your body composition, all of those things are really going to matter in the long run. But the scale, I get it, it matters to us. We still wanna use that as a form of monitoring progress. It's just not the only thing we can hold. Sure. All right. Well, Candace, I think you're doing awesome. What I'm going to do is I am going to send you a summary of everything that we went over today, including the recommendations, all the recipes that I want to send you, and make sure you're good to go. And we will set a follow-up session together, a 30-minute follow-up session in about two weeks. How does that sound? One to two weeks? Yeah. yeah, that works. Sounds good. So I'll email you how to book that online so you can review your schedule and make sure it doesn't conflict with work. And we'll be good to go, but reach out to me anytime and I'll be monitoring your food log for you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for, you know, spending this time talking with me and kind of giving me some advice and we'll go from there. I'm excited for you. It's going to be great. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later, Candice. Yep. Uh -huh. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, Keep it real.